magic, the darkest magic. My soul swims in it, scattered across time. Welcome to the 2018 Six Demon Bag Halloween Spooktacular. Blah, blah, blah. I'm your first host, Jeffy Krueger. And I'm the host from hell, Drew the Ripper. This is your host with the most Night of the Living Ed. This is Ryan the Restless Wanderer. King Spirit. Hmm. Needs work. The sixty bit bag. Back from the grave. It's time to trick or treat. Ed, would you grab the Halloween edition of the sixty bit bag? And as is tradition, you're gonna pull out a piece of candy and you're gonna pull out a topic. Got a popcorn ball. Ah, he got the popcorn ball. I never had a popcorn ball. Until tonight. Worst costume to make a sexy version of? Uh, You know what? That's an easy answer for me because we saw them at Comic-Con. We saw them at Comic-Con and then now I saw that there's a sexy version of it and it's the Handmaidens. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sexy. Worst. Yeah, you can't do it's that. Very you worst. can't do that. Yeah, because they're called because they're called Jezebels. Yeah. Who came up with that? That's the worst idea I've ever. Well, heard. I mean, they're kind of sexy in the series. <laughs> oh, Does anybody yeah. else? No, <laughs> not yet. No. The sexy Groot. Sorry, I'm opening my sexy popcorn. Sexy Groot. Bowl. No, I, I think a tree creature could definitely. I mean. Sexy Groot would be strange. I've seen some fantasy. I mean, if it was like that, a man uh, version, I'd go of with a sexy oh, Groot. I guess sure. But it would be sexy for lots of people. But how would you make it look like someone's not doing poison ivy, though? Uh, I, I maintain sexy burn victim is is a bad look. Uh, it, sexy Freddy Krueger is but we've also. We've seen a lot yeah. of sexy Freddy Krueger costumes. And they turn me on. Here's the other thing about Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger is. It's implied that he's a child molester. Yeah. There's nothing sexy about a burned child molester, even if it's a female. I'm going to set the scene for you now. If there was a strip club and they had a Halloween night and there was a sexy Freddy Krueger lady dancing, she should dance to Hot for Teacher. I'm pretty sure Ryan and I saw some There were some Freddy sexy Freddy Kruegers at Universal. At Universal Halloween Horror Nights. I still am aroused. Um, what about, Ed, um, what about a sexy Bubba from Night of... Night of the Scarecrow. Bubba Hotep. Bubba didn't do it. Bubba didn't do it. No. Bubba didn't do it. Like, uh, like with the sack on her head, but the, the Daisy Dukes and <laughs> the overalls. Pretty bad, right? Yeah, that, would, that wouldn't be so great. Uh, I don't know though, Daisy Dukes. So, you know, now that you mention it, I don't think sexy Jason. Do you think sexy Jason would work? I mean, oh, yeah. it would just be a hockey mask with like a, a, just a hot chick dress. and a cocky yeah. in a hockey yeah. mask. I said cocky mask, so I yeah. guess you know what I, what I feel about. I it. mean, I guess one thing is, how would you get like say a sexy Jabba to work? No, that's funny. Sexy, sexy Jabba the Hut with like a dude in a bikini, <laughs> like waiting on him. That's funny. I don't think it's hot, but it's funny. Hmm. It's definitely something. So, you, do you think that sexy rat would work? What about a sexy splinter? I mean, he's got all that wisdom. Which that makes kimono? Him sexy. 
<laughs> yeah, it's about her mind. It's about Splinter's mind. Wisdom is very sexy. The secret is in the ooze. <laughs> Impossible costume. A costume you have always wanted, but never got. Or think is too hard. I want to do a Marvel <laughs> Jack Russell Werewolf by Night costume, and I think it would be impossible. Why would it be impossible? Because it's got to be a muscle suit, because he's a superhero, so he's muscular. Right. And uh, it also has to be covered completely in fur. Right. And the Wolfman face has to be, like, articulate, so I think it would have to be a makeup job. Yep. Not uh, impossible. I don't think... I couldn't do it, personally. We can help you. Yeah, we I keep hearing have the technology. We can build it. One of my impossibles is um, Ghost Rider. Yeah, the Flaming, Flaming Skull. Skull. And over the years, I've sort of sketched out different designs for it and ways it could work. Like um, uh, with Dayglow Skull, uh, Dayglow Skull makeup, and then um, those mini black lights um, that I would put in the collar and get stage fire um which is just like um red and orange gels and like get a little micro fan and to also blow put it, it up, in the collar yeah. to so blow it flaming. up um but uh man to, ta- to try to pull off a flaming skull mm-hmm. and then right you and me t- could go we'd be 70s marvel characters it'd be awesome like where one night and i guess what you could do Coast they wouldn't Red. be animate but you could put like a plastic like flexible plastic around and just paint flames on it so that like you would see flames around your head what about they, they those wouldn't be like i mean it would be something it would be there, there's a couple things you can do to do something like they sell oh. masks that just have like a latex flame on your head yeah you remember those doctor who doctor strange projectors we saw at comic-con where you could make the his yeah. things appear what if you had those on those your shoulders whip around yeah, just if you had it around your shoulder like a collar that projected flames up your head and everything. You, that you would need uh, like four of them. There are these little LED bars that mm-hmm. spin yeah. so fast mm-hmm. that the um, you lose your ears for sure. Uh, yeah. I think I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you could uh, um, have something that shoots mist up around your head and then project a hologram onto the mist. No, yeah. that would work. But. I mean, it's 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 a huge technical challenge, and uh, for me, that's that's kind of up there as like the pinnacle of the impossible yeah. costume. Once they get flexible, once flexible OLED screens are like the norm, then boom, uh, done. Right. Well, you got it. I guess flexible OLED screens would or take care of my uh, costume that I thought was impossible. Um, we know who this person is because we're. We grew up in the 80s, but there was a TV show called Auto Man. Uh, I Auto knew you were going to say that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, man, that'd be a cool costume. Uh, all you would need for Auto Man, and this is beyond my skill, but I've seen costumes like it, is the um, EL wire. It's this uh, flexible... Um, glowing wire that you can sew into things if you look at pictures of burning man and in any kind of um uh, edm festival you'll see a lot of people make some really cool outfits what does edm I, I, stand for electronic dance music i i'm oh, assuming. okay i i think i saw something similar at when i was at anime expo i went to the ax dance and there was a guy that they called gloku 
because you know he's dressed like a super saiyan he's got his hair wig on and it's glowing and throughout his um costume he has like the light up strings that you're talking about where it looks like it's not just a light bright but it's like it you could actually see like the energy crawl go up and he even has his like little spirit bomb where <laughs> it, it goes into like the little ball he has in his hand as he's dancing on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> so they also have uh, EL panels. So I think uh, um, a talented enough person could make a good auto man costume. In fact, if you're going to a blacklight party, you because it's like the, that neon kind of vivid blue overlay. You might be able to get away with it uh, just with um, like some kind of marker, uh, yeah. UV reactive mm-hmm. um, paint, paint squares. Proven that three storms is very is fairly impossible, at least yeah. for us. Yeah, I thought of three saying three storms I actually when this at question this came up. Point on. that Green Ranger is next to impossible. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. No, you're almost done, aren't you? For five years at this point. In but I mean, it's it not, not looks all good. The way through, but. What you have so far is fantastic. Yeah, it looks good. It can be yeah. done. You've it got the hardest part, I feel. The helmet must have been the hardest part. I guess so. And the... Just have my wife, so she can do it. Yeah, she's got the surgery. For a long time, I've, uh, I've wanted to make the wise man from Labyrinth, and he has a hat, which is a talking bird. And I think in order to do... I mean, in order to do that for a movie, you have puppeteers on, like, all-off all camera that can make it move and make its mouth move and stuff for a walk around costume i could like potentially potentially program it with like an arduino or something but i don't think i'm capable of that i'm i mean maybe you can like google certain codes and stuff i might be able to make just the mouth opening clothes with like a bike break or something like in your hand yeah mm-hmm. might be worth it giving it a whirl i guess i'm, I'm gonna spin that topic off into our delusion trip all right, sidebag. Sidebag. We got, side bag. We got a little bit of a late start on Halloween this year in that we didn't do our first activity until October 6th. Anyways, we went to Delusion, which is this interactive horror play. This year it was more of a sci-fi play. But you go through and you walk through all these rooms and there's actors and they tell you, oh, well, the, the missing piece of the thing is here. And the, we were like in, with some Nazis and shit. We were like traveling through time. And at was one a good point, one? it was cool. It was a, a very expensive, and the tickets sell out really, really fast. But uh, at one point, we got to read some Japanese in order to solve a puzzle, which listeners will know is <laughs> something we've been working on. Very so did you did you do it? Did it a work? Nice surprise. Well, yeah. I mean, it was actually we didn't have to be able to read it in order to solve the puzzle, but we could, which was satisfying. It was on a uh, time traveling sex robot's neck. Uh, long story. Spoilers and for Delusion, the Blue Blade. <laughs> and and a, I think we know uh, what the Blue Blade is now. An ED time-traveling sex robot's <laughs> neck. <laughs> Sorry, just to give some context to the listener and uh, <laughs> our friends on the couch here. Um, there was this bizarre subplot about this time-traveling Nazi woman who... That was the A-plot. Okay, the A-plot was the time-traveling Nazi woman. The B-plot was she had this robotic companion but lamented that it, it couldn't have sex It wasn't able to procreate. And it just... Why did I not go to this? Because uh, <laughs> tickets were 100 bucks yeah. and sold out months in advance. 
we, well, we tell me months. Tell date. me months in advance. We, me and Jeff coordinated our purchase date, and before I could even finalize my purchase, the time slot we had chosen sold out. Because we were on the mailing list. Mm-hmm. Because we'd been waiting for over a year for tickets to come around. It was a thing. Anyway, this robot couldn't have sex with this Nazi, um, and uh, you know it. He seemed like a nice guy, so maybe it was like a moral issue. <laughs> yeah, maybe he just uh, when he found, he just didn't agree with her um, her politics. But uh, at a certain point, we ended up in this Mayan jungle scene, and there was this um, time traveling agent who was like crouched in front of a fire, and, and she she welcomed us like to come to the fire in this little jungle alcove, and. Like in the flickering light behind her, we could see this huge wall-size Aztec mural, and it was like this like giant figure carved into the stone. It was really cool, and she was like, "Oh, you know, thank God you're here. We need to get the scroll, and we're gonna put it in the moonlight and decipher these symbols." And at a certain point, <laughs> uh, Uta, another time-traveling Nazi woman. Um, jumped out and grabbed Ryan and got like a shock. got a little bit of a shock and and like uh, threatened to inject him with a um, hypodermic needle <laughs> and Ryan was way too happy to be manhandled by this <laughs> female Nazi manhandled by Nazis so infrequently it's like <laughs> it's just a, you know it's a thrill and um, this is like an Ilsa she wolf of the SS kind of Nazi 100% Ilsa situation all I had to do was scream Ed (laughs) (laughs) but uh, little did we know that that giant Aztec mural was a costume oh wow so the whole thing came to life and this dude like plowed through the wall as this like 11 foot tall just huge aztec stone golem and then you started smacking nazis and they were on wires and so they were flying across the room yeah he punched uta so hard she flew into the darkness wow and disappeared forever and broke ryan's heart oh yep uh, you could have changed her. That this at the Falcon Punch was. You probably could have changed her. South on the moon. It was yeah. a mighty Falcon Uta, Punch. I know I can save you. Physically and Spirit- from your Nazism. Spiritually. Hmm. Uh, ideologically. I <laughs> I can procreate. <laughs> I got the Abba Zabba. Abba Zabba. Don't need no Abba Zabba. Chewy taffy with a peanut butter center. Does anyone want this Abba Zabba? I specifically bought Abba Zabba once because of half-baked. I wanted to see what they tasted like. And did you like it? It's a Tom Waits uh, song. I'll try it. I like peanut butter. What else is it? It's a chewy it's like taffy, taffy with a peanut like butter center. I don't like taffy. That'll eat it. Give it that. He'll eat anything. And he likes it. Does it crunch loudly? Oh, I reversed those. I Strike that reverse. Ooh, it's white. Ooh. No, it's taffy dipshit. I didn't expect it's that. You're going to be chewing on it for three hours. I didn't like expect that. Like that popcorn ball. There's, you sure there's peanut butter in it? Oh, yeah. Look, I only know what or the label says. Or at least a says. peanut butter. I don't know if I've ever had an Abba Zabba. Mm, it's like sweet, sweet cock. 
<laughs> Next topic. Not that kind of cock. Not Boston cock. I mean, like, cocking cock. So, <laughs> tell, describe the, the sweet white cock uh, some more, Ed. How does it feel sliding Boy, down the back of your throat? I won't do, I won't do you that bad. Oh, Ed, Ed really will eat anything. <laughs> yeah. He really is on a mission to eat everything. And I support it. Yeah, I, I celebrate you, Ed. This topic is called Death Curse World. It's got a death curse! Uh, I think there was a scene or two in Game of Thrones where... Um, like someone puts a death curse on these people like the Starks and then uh, eventually one of uh, the Starks has to kill one of their allies and as he's about to behead the ally um, the ally put ally puts a death curse on like Rob Stark and it's just like huh it was just one of those weird situations where like if you could put a put a death curse on someone and everyone knew, like, there'd just be all these conflicting, compounding death curses that would, it would be this, like, perpetual cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could call doom upon someone, and then they got killed by the doom you put upon them, mm-hmm. and then as they're dying, they put a curse on you or your family. Mm-hmm. It would just be like you know it works. Hatfields and McCoys. Mm-hmm. It sounds like rural Italy. Yeah, so like, um, just this kind of <laughs> setting where everyone who dies, if they die badly enough or want it badly enough, could lay a some kind of death curse. Just how would that change history? How would that change society? Like as they die, or like if they're caught unawares and they don't have a chance to lay down a death curse. Do they? You get away with it? No or? one in power would ever remain alive for long. Yeah, because only the peasants. Somebody and would be disgruntled. Consequential people so would be. One of the things I thought about was in a world where there are death curses laid by people who are in extreme um, pain or anger or grievance. Um, would be that no one would want to make enemies. But also, no one would want to tend to the dying. So, like, there'd be no good Samaritans. If someone, like, fell and broke their leg, you would just walk away. Well, then you'd get a death curse on you. Yeah, them. wouldn't the person with the broken leg curse you as you walked away? Well, uh, but you, they have you, to know your name? You'd run away. <laughs> like, like... So it's like in China when they run some, hit somebody with the car and then they back them over? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're better... Yeah. Is that, um, does that really happen? <laughs> it's in a, some oh, video I watched. Something man. about... Because in China, if you cause an accident and hurt somebody, you're responsible for that person's medical bills for the rest oh, of their life. Jesus. So then there was a thing that like people would hit somebody with a car, and if they didn't kill them, they'd run them over again to make sure because they didn't want to pay for their bills the rest of their lives. That's something I read. I don't know if it's true. One of the things I love is that when they excavate baths and like springs in Oh, they get in those little Italy. curse things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lead just, tablets. Yeah, just like thousands of curse tablets. Yeah. Uh, and like Because when you started talking about that, I thought of that scene in Rome where she... You remember Rome from yeah. HBO? Where she yeah, like, At you of the Julii, I call for justice. Over and over again. Yeah. It would be amazing if you could actually get justice on people. Like, 
Although you, you could, I'm sure you could. Uh, but of course, just like in the real world, you you could get some justice that wasn't deserved and yeah, falsely accuse people yep. and all that shit. And if someone has dementia and they're just like, I curse my mailman. Like, what the f-? I think your story might be that, though. Or a story in this world might be someone gets the death curse put upon them and then has to go on this crazy adventure to undo it. They would probably have effect. to go to, yeah, like you said, if there's no afterworld, how do they undo it, though? Yeah. I don't know. That's... Part, part of the, the, the fun and the quandary is that there is no undoing these things. Mm. Because if you have a guy oh, then you have no story. who has... What if you could pass it on to Who has a else? spell yeah. or a hex. You're just the ring or, or, you know, if you have these guys that, like, are, are curse busters, then it just becomes... A, fairly simple like anime style mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill story those are the most popular what if you could disguise somebody as yourself oh and cause the death curse to affect them instead of yours yeah you c- oh wow painting blood over your doorway just something i don't know how but like yeah. what if your death curse okay explore well, I- that thought I, I I was I, one of the things I was thinking about like well you're gonna have you're gonna want to have some like weird rogue mercenary who agrees to take a death curse on himself because mm-hmm. he's so slippery and lucky he feels like he can beat it and he feels like he can beat like your average run of the mill death curse but I was like yeah, I don't I don't know how that would, if that would work it might I mean if someone is like well I'm starving now I'll take my chances with some random villager's death curse but. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm thinking. But putting on a mask of an enemy yeah. and then going and like <laughs> shanking someone. Right. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking, what if your death curses manifest themselves as your Jasons and your Michael Myers's is? If they somehow imprint into those I, I would think there would be like a lesser death curse would be like a revenant where the person would wants to come back for revenge. Whereas the more sophisticated evolution of it would be I a death curse on my clan's enemies. Mm. You know, where they sort of game the system and they raise people they raise people within their clan to to wield their death curse. You know? Kind of like how in certain traditions, you know, you write a death poem. Mm-hmm. Um you know that when you die It's got a death verse. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's my turn. Ah, ah, the bag. Now oh, it has me. How ah, oh, old did you fall for it? The old man eating six demon bag. Did you just joke. flick me off in British? I have pulled lemon heads. I mean, I like them, but it's not what I'm craving. I Don't need a look Snickers. in that bag. I need a Snickers you get what you get. to be really satisfied. Whoa, there's Snickers in there? No. <laughs> not this year. <laughs> Any more Abba's And the Abba's? topic I have pulled is trick-or-treating stories. <laughs> I told that one about how I got kissed in a bar last year, right? That was oh, yeah, an you, amazing yes, you story. Did. Yes, you did. Again, I'm still aroused. <laughs> um, one year... Uh, it had been raining and it was really cold. It was the type of year in New England where you have to put on like a heavy winter jacket over your costume. No, never. Which totally yeah, it really ruins everything. Fucks up your whole your whole look. I always put it under my costume. 
But I remember uh, one of the guys in our uh, trick-or-treating crew was Mike. And um, we were <laughs> going to a neighborhood that had some long driveways. And there was a house with a long driveway on a hill. You know, they had a little bit of incline to their yard. And it had been like raining and raining and raining. And I think the rain finally cleared up. And that's important to know because my friends and I went up the driveway and Mike decided to cut across the lawn to like beat us to the front step. And he did not realize that the sunken portion of their lawn had just become a lake. (laughs) And it was just like knee high, freezing cold, brackish water. And I remember because it was pitch black and he was running and then all of a sudden he was just gone. Just <laughs> and then he stands up and he is soaking wet. His costume is drenched. His what was bag his of candy. What was his costume? Oh, it was all wet after that. But what was he? Do you I don't remember. Oh, okay. I remember him standing up holding his pillow sack full of now his wet. What? pillow sack no. <laughs> full of now wet ruined candy throwing back its head and going fuck oh uh, my plastic pumpkin would have floated on that lake it was one of the the funniest <laughs> purest expressions of emotion i've ever seen i had uh i got rained on so many halloween nights in new england i remember it raining more than not raining. There was one Halloween where we went to my mom's friends and they had like gone crazy and really decorated up their yard. And the husband was dressed like a werewolf. So the wife was like, oh, the candy's over there by the giant spider web. And like we walked over there and then suddenly like this werewolf came out at us, like growling. And I guess we must have known that it was the husband, but still we were young enough to just sort of believe that it might be a real werewolf. That was really cool. But I remember the first year I worked at Trails of Terror, as mentioned in last year's podcast, we were 15, 8th grade, me and my friend Mike, and we decided not to work on Halloween night because we wanted to go trick-or-treating. And so we went to this like really rich suburban area where he, he knew they gave out like full-size bars. And one of the very... and we But we had learned from Trails of Terror, so like we got our... We like put the latex on our faces and we're like all bloody and like cool and we like really did it up. And one of the first houses we went to, the lady went, aren't you a little old for trick-or-treating? And I never went trick-or-treating again after that. I think we even packed it in after that. It was so sad. Treat shaming. Yeah. One year I went as Darth Vader. And uh, being uh, like hardcore, I also did up my face underneath the mask as unmasked Darth Vader. So I had like black rings under my eyes. And I I did my... did my entire face in, uh, what do you call it, grease paint and everything. And uh, the end of the night, we went to my aunt's house, and she had just got a new pit bull. And um, so I'm sitting down, whatever, with my candy and stuff. I took my mask off, and the dog, for whatever reason, took to the grease paint <laughs> and uh, pinned me to the floor entirely because I was just, I don't know how old I was. I was in grade school. And um, Edge trick-or-treats are all very molesty in one way or another. <laughs> Yeah, this dog licked all the grease paint off. My, licked my face entirely clean. Like, all the makeup I had on was completely gone. I want to look upon you with my own eyes. Yeah. 
dog wanted to lick me with its own tongue. Did it give you a flashback of the drunken drunken guy <laughs> in the bar? I think that happened after, so no. Premonitions, though. Yeah, it gave him a flashback. The other forward. one gave me flashbacks to the pit bull. <laughs> Do you remember being a kid and knowing, without deliberation, exactly what your costume was going to be for that year, like a month or two in advance? I remember walking with my mom in the grocery store, like, at least a month before Halloween, and going, Dracula. Mm-hmm. Done. And then I was Dracula that year. Yeah. I feel like I did. I feel like kids at certain ages just have a, a fixation. In any given month or two, they're fixated on a certain book or game or monster. My kids, uh, all year long. My kids... Uh, November first, they're planning their costume for next year, you know? <laughs> and they've gone. They go through every. It's like they're trying to decide what they're going to be when they grow up, you know. So it's like they how are we going to string the LEDs? Change their mind like eight million times and everything. I want to be an environmental lawyer. This year we're doing Halloween <laughs> on a Disney cruise ship. Oh shit! Yeah. So, Can I come? Well, so all the kids, I would, the kids are like, you want to go? On hasn't a said no yet. Halloween. Yeah, I haven't said no yet. <laughs> Because one of the kids might drop out. No, the kids... <laughs> I'll take his ticket. <laughs> Tickets to transfer. I'll walk on my uh, knees like Dorf. <laughs> Dorf on golf. All like, uh, we're all excited to go on this thing and everything until they found out it was on Halloween because there are strictures to what you can wear on the ship, you know, because you can't wear a full over, like, mask constantly. You, you can't, only for pictures. You can't Why? mix. Uh, you can't mix wool and and lens. <laughs> it's like a Hebrew, your Hebrew bars have to be thing. parallel to the ground. <laughs> you have to parallel have four to the knots deck. hanging off your costume. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, there's all these strictures to the costume. You can't have any kind of weapons. You can't have any kind of mock whatever. because you're basically like on an air, kind of like on an airliner, you know. So it's like whatever you can't wear on a on a yeah, public basically. transportation, you can't wear on a cruise. Ship. The worst airliner in history. Like that Sully one. But they're going to have this big, like, Halloween ball, and the kids were going nuts because, like, they couldn't wear masks. You know, the kids, like, Noli was devastated. She was just like, what am I going to wear? I can't be this. I can't be that. Full and face And then paint? she found out her mom, like, Sandra decided, I'm not making costumes this year. Nice. So Why? Because busy? it's too much work. She's mm. like, I, I just don't, because usually she stays up till the, the day. The night oh before, God. and like right before they go trick or treating, she's still doing finishing touches, you know. So like, Sandra's making costumes for Ryan. Yeah, costumes Elliot. For Elliot. <laughs> costumes for Elliot. <laughs> costumes for Ed. But uh, that's why she never dresses up in a year. She doesn't have time. She's exhausted. But uh, yeah, so they were devastated that they couldn't get a homemade costume out of my wife and everything this year. So the kids are just going as pirates. Uh, we went to the Burbank store and got like look at me costumes. And... Look at me. <laughs> I am the, the captain, captain now. <laughs> yeah, that kind of pirate. Adorable. And oh, then, um, let me take a picture. Noli, we convinced to... We got her some custom job. She's going to be uh, Judy Hopps from uh, Zootopia. Did oh. you see Zootopia? Yeah, I did, actually. Okay, the, the bunny cop. Sure. The sex, kind of sexy bunny. Whoa, dude. Come for on. A Disney, for a Disney movie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners, Ryan's wife is looking at him. She's second guessing everything. With a practice and disgusted look. Uh, yeah, anyway, so not a sexy Judy She's Hopps, confident. Judy she, like, is, she takes charge. What? what? She doesn't wear pants. <laughs> All the things you want out of a woman. <laughs> She's at least halfway furry. <laughs> She's got that fluffy tail sticking out of the back of her pants. Yeah, no. My daughter is going to be 
Yeehaw. <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> and um, so I don't know uh, how that's going to go. We'll see how it goes. So I'll report from that when I get back. Awesome. Well, Side bag. Yeah. Lemon heads do not mix well with Blue Moon. Oh, really? You'd think so after our candy slash beer tasting. Oh, the, gross. Don't they put lemons Library in Alehouse. It was like a year or two ago. Uh, Ryan and I went to the uh, Library Alehouse um, on Main Street. And we decided to, to grab a bite to eat. And they had a Halloween beer and candy pairing. And I was like, oh, that's going to be awful. And Ryan was like, one beer and candy <laughs> pairing, <me> please. <laughs> and so Ryan just was stuck eating all this candy and drinking like all these different beers. It was and, like, awful and wonderful <laughs> and equal measure. It's bad enough it's... to mix a bunch of beers, but to mix a bunch of beers and candies. It's like no. your childhood and your adulthood colliding. <laughs> Perfect metaphor. Proving and that they, honestly, his adulthood never yeah. quite stood a chance. No. Well, we it, heard it, the Judy Hops the, the it, reaction. It yeah. Hops. Yeah. Malted hops. And in that same bar... I remember I was wearing my Rick and Morty costume, which is just the the, the, lab, coat. the lab coat with the big uh, foam Rick head, mm-hmm. um, because it was sort of a, a it was cat- Halloween night. It was Halloween night, and I remember walking through the bar and a bunch of people kind of drinking their beers or eating eating burgers, watching a football game, looking at me and just like, "What are you wearing?" And I was like, "Judging Fuck with their eyes, you. It is Halloween night." Fuck you for not wearing a costume. Oh, they Don't weren't wearing any costumes. No, they were being no very one. judgy, though. No one was wearing a costume. Fuck those. But they were looking at me. I mean, me. granted, it was like 6 p.m. or something, but still, yeah. not allowed. Last year and this year, uh, there's been some very heavy, serious awful shit going on in my life which touches everyone's life on occasion but in the midst of thinking about halloween celebrating halloween putting up gravestones in my yard watching scary movies or even writing scary stories i sort of feel conflicted because there's like real terror and and real despair and I kind of wonder, like, is this what Halloween is kind of... Have we kind of lost touch with what Halloween is about? Which is, winter is coming. We're about to be living off whatever we harvested in the fall. The night is long and full of terrors, to quote Game of Thrones. And how do you you appease this fear and mortality and... Things like that. I mean, these are what these ancient traditions are about. Well, from my perspective, yeah, even even like latching on to your personal real life horror, I think it's still pretty important to keep some fun in life because it's too, as with everything, it's too crushing to just to just be, uh, you know focusing on this tragedy constantly and and trying to be serious as a result of it like gotta let loose every now and again well you can re also that yes and you can also recontextualize because if you go to the hollywood forever cemetery 
um, for Dia de los Muertos, there are families that are picnicking at the graves of their loved ones. And it is very much a celebration hmm. of the memory of the people that they've lost. And um, it's, it's so much more poignant and beautiful to me. Like it's Halloween hmm. plus tradition plus family plus pride um i mean dia de los muertos is amazing and it's actually kind of getting bigger every year there's more celebrations and if you go into like a spirit halloween store um half of it is now sort of influenced by day of the dead decorations yeah at least 50 percent of costumes female costumes especially are day of the dead yeah, face paint. they've cracked the code. I mean, it's um, it's timeless. It's elegant. It's we go to Olvera Street every year now for yeah. Dia de los Muertos for the blessings and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. It's fun. Oh, where's my invite for that, Ed? You can come anytime, dude. You know when it is? It's on a public calendar. November first. <laughs> is that when that is? November first and second. Me and Jeff are always year. way too hungover to yeah. Day of the Dead. But um, I-, I think it's actually the weekend after usually. Yeah, so so you don't have that the veil excuse. has thickened yeah, yeah. at that point. <laughs> the veil between worlds has thickened. Got a Hershey's milk chocolate, which is awesome. Damn it, that would have satisfied. Cleanse the palate of that Abazaba, that sweet cock. Um, monster survival plans. Hmm. All right, so I've got a separate bag prepared. Oh, shit. Oh, I get to pick oh, the monster? Boy. For the monster survival plans. A while back, we started talking about zombie survival plans, and we went on a gun tangent, so it's time to bring this back from the dead. Sometimes the topics come back again. Sometimes <laughs> dead is better. So, Ed, I have prepared a side bag full of classic monster scenarios from film and literature you're going to pick one and we're going to talk about how you would survive cool not necessarily how you'd thrive yeah but let's see what ed would do side bag are we watching walking dead this year side bag i don't think we are sad bag uh giant little funny animal mammals this is so weird because i was just thinking i hope i get night of the lepus that's it night of the lepus <laughs> weird I was wow and literally the veil is thinning please let it be night of the lepus what happened that night science made its greatest mistake what unknown terror was born that night. What is the terrifying mutant that strikes from behind the shroud of night? That night. That night. Of the Lepus. Night of the Hops. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ed. Lepus. So you find yourself in a small town overrun with giant killer Levi. rabbits. <laughs> what do you do? 
Um, well, Rabbit's burrow, so the basement is no good. Um, they can hop, so the roof is no good. Yeah, the attic's oh, not really any good either. They can crush models with impunity. <laughs> Hiding out in a Lionel Twain set's no good. In a Lionel Twain set. <laughs> uh, shit. Giant rabbits. Well. Uh, 22? <laughs> For starters. No, because they're giants, so it's got to be a 30-odd six or something okay, like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. You need a wind mag. Moose shot. Those beasts down. See, this is the thing. I think you're pretty safe with... Uh, I know, d- despite what was portrayed in Night of the Lepus, I think you're pretty safe because they're... Don't you think Night of the Lepus is canonical? Celery? For this Night of the Lepus scenario? Why did the Lepus attack people? Because the people effed with them, so you leave the rabbits alone. But see, then there's the other thing, is the rabbits are going to multiply and they're going to overtake Oh, yeah, no, yeah. So you got to enact some population control fast or you're going to be overrun. Which means... Uh, you gotta poison the lettuce, dude. You gotta poison the gardens and things. Yeah, you can feed them celery, and maybe they'll choke to death. Well, you just gotta use poison, like by the truckload. Poison celery. You maybe get a crop duster and just dust all. Just the, like, release ad on them. Yeah. So go king, <laughs> kingdom, duster. kingdom of the spiders style. Crop dust them with poison. Mm-hmm. Scorched earth. Burn, burn the fields and take and poison off and the wells. Nuke the entire side from wherever. Yeah. You know what? I don't think any measure is going to be good enough. They're just—I mean, there are still rabbits. They're—they're going to just keep multiplying. Still rabbits, they're hard to get rid of regular rabbits. Maybe if they're giant, it's easier to root them out. And uh, if you get to water, I think you're probably mm, good. They giant rabbits yeah. aren't going to. They would quickly destroy all infrastructure by tunneling under the cities. It would be bad, but I think you could... So, what if you blew a dam and flooded the town and got all the rabbits that way? No. You'd have to isolate them. You'd also have to be in a town You'd have to... Yeah, you'd have to... (laughs) You'd have to get it... Get out ahead of it. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's that quick. Yeah, Uh, What was the top speed of those uh, lepuses? What's the top speed of a regular rabbit? With clock the lepus at 35 miles per hour. They were able to chase trucks down. So right. I would say so, like 60 to 80 miles yeah. an hour, right? Because you just like pickup trucks. How did they do it in the movie? They just unloaded on them with guns. They shot yeah. the hell out of them. All right. that, that's my plan. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> shotguns and stuff. Luckily, this is oh, America. Oh, no. You know what they did? They electrified the rails of the train and then herded the rabbits to the uh, electrified rail and electrocuted them. The oh, rabbits, the lepi allowed themselves to be herded? Well, with guns. You know, um, they shot at them and stuff, and then they herded them on the Pretty clever. Totally electrocuted them. Mm. So, okay, the, that barring plan, that. Or? I probably wouldn't think of that, honestly. I don't think <laughs> you know how to electrify to? a rail. Yeah. No, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> how did they do it in the movie? <laughs> have to watch it again i'm sure they, lightning they had an, like, they had dry the lightning guy do it the power company did it. oh yeah like they organized the town the sheriff was there everybody the, was the there. power company gave them a 12-hour window yeah. yeah said all right we could be out there to electrify these rails between should we just take guns out of the mix because no, everything no, can be solved with guns damn right now you at last you understand the gun is the, <laughs> the ultimate American superpower in trump's america <laughs> I mean, some of these are supernatural threats, so we shall see. But we have seen that guns cannot take out every. That's true. Threat. And Night of the Lepus is a rural, townwide phenomenon. Yeah, where everybody. So you has. can't take the guns out. Yeah, they got the. Guns. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And with.
with that, we close this first candy-laden bag of the Six Demon Bag 2018 Halloween Spooktacular. And we'll spook you next time. <laughs> <laughs> my Renfield. Yeah, we know. Uh, you did that last year, too. Did it? It was wonderful. Urkel by Renfield. Meh. <laughs>